The following content is intended for a mature audience. If you don't know what that means, this is for grown folks. And since we're doing that, the opinions expressed are of those present for this conversation Only and those. should not be taken as the opinion of everyone black, <laughs> gay, in their 30s, or okay. any other cluster you try to put us in. Right. This is our platform. We said what we said. Exactly. Let the show begin. everybody this is the his and his show i'm rob and i'm cj uh so welcome back thanks for joining us again um so how was your day my day was good how about you it was fine i got a haircut finally um, oh, thank you <laughs> oh thank you uh <laughs> no like you know i mean like isn't it just completely rude when your barber like gets sick gets like the flu vacation, something like that, and they don't tell you. Oh, so, like, <laughs> so it's like the most selfish thing in the world. But like, um, yeah, I tried to schedule an appointment, and the barbershop was like, "Oh, he's sick." Um, I was just like, "Wait, what? What do you mean he's sick? It's already been like ten days, and I haven't had a haircut. It's like I'm reaching my maximum threshold I mean, right. of not being able to have a haircut." Uh, but yeah, I'm back to myself. Hopefully, every time you see me, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, where's the deal?" Right, like a, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, my my day was fine. We spent our day together. Um, you went to the gym. I went to the gym. We didn't. No, I said you. Went to the gym. <laughs> my nigga, I said you went to the gym. Yo, yes, I went to the gym. All right, on your, you go on your clap back shit real quick. <laughs> I'm from New York. So gotta wake up pretty early in the morning. Get one on one Right. Um, it was like. The kid he was talking about Kenya. She's like, you try to come from Kenya, you need to have savage <laughs> yeah, rules, yeah. right? You need to, you need to be able to have your footwork, right, when you try to come from here. But anyway, <laughs> this is not going to be a, possibly a very natural segue. <laughs> I think what um, I wanted to talk about right now, anyway, was something that you mentioned on a previous episode, um, and that was your depression. Um, and I mean, I can say. Maybe I'll say it from my perspective first, right? Like, as the partner of someone who has depression, mm-hmm. um, like, no, it's not easy, right? But I think the more you get to know the person, like your partner, whoever you're with, mm-hmm. the more you can see the signs, sense what's going on, you can um, sense the difference between kind of situational depression, where one isolated event gets you depressed versus um, a more kind of clinical depression where like body chemistry is a little off and you can't kind of get out of the fog no matter how hard you try. Um, you don't really want to be there, right? Like, to begin with. So, so it's not easy, but you learn how to help your partner deal with it. And I think for me, um, like I'm not a victim, right? Like it's not something I'm going through. 
And if I'm choosing to be with someone with depression, um, I have to try to help them get through it um, by asking what they need, trying to figure out what they need, understanding what they need. Sometimes you just need to be alone, right? And sometimes you want to be able to figure it out and work through it yourself, and you don't want to feel like you're quote-unquote dampening the mood, right? Um, but other times you do want to hug. Other times you do want to accompany. So from my perspective, it kind of almost it is what it is. It's just like something about life, right? Like It's like having a partner with a physical something. Maybe they got a limp. Maybe they got a missing toe. <laughs> like you, right, just, right, you right. just deal with it, right? right. 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 Like maybe they only have one testicle, one over it. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so that's for me. Um, but this is your story, so tell the people your story. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, I didn't expect that. Tell the people your story. What am I going to tell them? Hi, I'm CJ. I'm depressed. Like, no, no you're not. No. <laughs> no, I, I think I get what you're saying. You basically want to, well, what do you want me to say? And I'm, I'm only asking well, how that. It, because, I mean, how, when did you first? figure out or know or maybe um, was diagnosed with clinical depression, which is a very different thing from kind of a situational depression where you lose your job or your partner breaks up with you and you feel depressed. Um, so it's two things. Um, I realized that I was, I realized when I was diagnosed being clinically depressed in my late 20s. But it was through those counseling sessions in therapy that I realized that I actually started feeling depressed. I started I, like I, I really I was depressed as a teenager. But it was like it was a lot of the things that I was dealing with and that I was coming to grips with at 16, 17, 18. So it was like everybody was, thinks it's hormones. Everybody thinks it's hormones. And then if you've got it up again. You got Jehovah's Witnesses' parents. They just think that you know you need to stop doing what you're doing. Like whatever it is that you're doing, it's like if you associating with those worldly people at school or whatever, you need to stop talking to them because they put they put things in your head. Yeah, like. <laughs> but um, no. But I'm saying like like so it, it's that's one thing. But um. Yeah, it, it took me really just feeling fed up with work, feeling like my life was, I didn't feel like it was pointless or it was worthless. I just felt like I knew that the life I was living wasn't what I was designed or meant to be living. And it was no matter how hard I tried. I drive the car that I wanted to drive for the job that I hated, crying when I got to the parking lot figure out why am I crying? Why am I crying? I've got a full tank of gas. I got herb at home. <laughs> you don't care, but I know what I'm saying. Like, like it's a refrigerator full of food. My my account sit nice, but I hated what I did. I mm -hmm. hated the fact that I had to sit on the phone and listen to people talk about whatever reason they couldn't pay their insurance bill or whatever. And it was just like, yo. This is not my life. I'm not here for this. 
And I also knew that I did a lot of customer service jobs, and I'm not a customer service type of person. You like, Sorry. <laughs> I'm the manager that dumbs that, that doubles down and tells you that look here, this is what it is, take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, you can see out my store. That that's kind of me. Which would mean whatever. that you would probably want to manage your store. Probably not. <laughs> corporate wouldn't want to manage your store. <laughs> corporate wanted manage the manager keeping, you know, the, the overhead the brand and everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. But so like, like so not to get off so of that. Not yeah, so, so anyway. that's not my personal service. But um, so it just took me like really like working in the parking lot of Geico, crying. Right. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't go out there. I don't have any sick days. I don't even have a plan, but I just know I can't do this anymore. I know that this hurts. This hurts. Because even when I left work, I wasn't happy to be relieved to be leaving work. It was always that sadness. Of, I got to go back to this place. I hate tomorrow. And don't let it be a holiday or like a vacation or weekend or whatever that you had to work on. That was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here till midnight on a fucking Saturday. And I'm 28. I'm in the club. Turn it up. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so don't conflate the fact that I'm, I'm, you really didn't want to do it. I know. No, I, no, but what I'm just uh, saying, it was just that thing of like, I knew that I hated the job on a regular. Yeah. But then when you add the the holiday or something, all special, those, it was like I, I ran the Rikers place. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't know, not not to go on a tangent or whatever, but it's like the the mistreatment that you get as a single man without a spouse and without kids or whatever. Oh yeah. Was yeah, that yeah. People, oh you're supposed to work on holidays? You're supposed to want to be here on the weekend. All these things, and it's like no, just like you got a life, I got one too, and it does not revolve around. Picking up your shift because you don't want to work. Like, no, I didn't get knocked up and I didn't get kids. Like, that ain't me. Like, no, I mean, but no, it's, I mean, there needs to be a balance between um, understanding the realities of people who have children and uh, certain family responsibilities um, with those who don't, and those who don't shouldn't be carrying the burden of the shifts that don't. Yeah, like that's just not fair. Like there needs to be equal sharing version of shifting. Yeah. Um, but hold on, before you go there, um, it also reminds me of like people that 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 smoke and people that don't smoke or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, why do you like, get a yeah. smoke break and why can't I just get an air break? Why yeah. can't I just get an air break? You get a, yeah. you get an extra smoke break if you smoke. Yeah. But so this is like I, I think it's like you know, no, the yeah, same yeah. thing or whatever. Oh. Like you can't say that well I live this lifestyle so I'm entitled to this. The you live that lifestyle and so you don't. You're yeah, not that, that. The extra no. flexibility, right? Well, so, I'm vegan, so I need to be able to go to the bathroom, boy, because fibers <laughs> run through my body. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I got a shit, baby. Like, my shit's so long. They take a while. I'm, I'm joking. In, in that I know. <laughs> but anyway. But that was true. No, no, no. I was going to give the floor back to you, but that's when you. So in your late twenties, you realized that something was going on differently. Right? Like you were feeling possibly in your extreme way. Yes. And in a way that people around you may have not been feeling. Yes. So you 
was that the point that you decided to go to therapy, or did you go to therapy before that? It was the not feeling like I could get, I could get out of bed some days. Mm-hmm. It was the feeling of I'm the only one of my friends that seems to be going through real life shit. Okay. And the thing is that we all had jobs, we all had lives, we all had skills, but it seems like they were able to show us a lot better. Okay. Or at least they were able to master it. And I'm like a cliche, I'm a sensitive Sagittarius. We're not supposed to be sensitive like that. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that in the sense of like where we don't. Sagittarius, I know is incredibly sensitive, but child, I know a lot of Sagittarius. Leave a <laughs> comment if you think that Sagittarius is sensitive. Now, be careful what you say. Don't be careful what you say. No, be true. careful what you say because he ain't gonna be inside the comments. I promise you, I will be, and I'm coming for that ass. No, no, no you're not. You're not just gonna like bully people not telling the truth. Who are you, Donald Trump? Sorry. Huh. journey is a part of your story. And I say that in the sense of being someone that, that was raised in the hood in the South and everything, and I hated so many things about myself that people tried to throw at me negative things. Oh, you talk so slow. Well, you're so Southern. Oh, this, this, that. But the thing is, is that I also grew up hearing the opposite. Why are you so proper? Why are you talk so proper? And so it was like, who's telling the damn truth? 
I moved to the north and everybody's like, talk so slow. I'm in the south and everybody's like, talk so fast. I'm just trying to be myself. And what I'm, where I've gotten to at the point of, of 39 is to really embrace all of me. There's some part of me that comes out with some yeah, shawty, and fuck that shit. And hell to the fuck now. You know, <laughs> in that southern type of thing. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like a, what's good? Like, like really? Nah, for real, dead ass. Right. So it's like, it's, and neither one are a facade or, or fake and not authentic me. It's, I spent so many years of trying to say that, you know what, this part was not me. And you know what, the reality is that all of the shit that came before today makes me who I am. It's the patchwork of a person, right? Yeah. Like, it's, you can be a lot of different things all at the same time and they can all be you. Yeah, not a model. Uh, exactly. Like, you, just because sometimes you may speak one way or another way around certain people doesn't mean that you're being fake, right? It's, to me, anyway, it means that you're being absolutely in situation. Um, a lot of us have to. Yeah, and it, it's just. Men. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but saying that if I am talking to my pastor, right, I may not be talking to my pastor in the same way that I'm talking to my friends. And it doesn't change who you are as a person. You're just realizing who you're talking to and adjusting the language that you're use, using. Right. To convey the message to who you're talking to in a way that they can understand. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and back, like circling back to your point, I think a lot of us grow up um, in situations where you know you're forced to choose. Everything is a choice, right? You have to be one thing or the other, um, and quite often you have to be the thing that your family, <laughs> whatever that thing is. Um, so, yeah, but any, anyway, that was a very nice tangent, but going back, um, I, I really do want you to talk about, if you're, if you feel comfortable, your journey, right, through therapy and, um, whether it was through therapy or through therapy or not, um, but getting to the point to where, from my vantage point, you're able to manage not always easy, um, but you can discern. Like you might not in that moment be able to see the light in the clouds, but from your experience, you know the yeah. right? And you just have to get through. Yeah. I think that from what you're saying and just from my experience of making this short, is that it really is a trial and error process, and it's just having to completely always remind yourself that that's exactly what it is. And I'm not here to say that it's easy and I get frustrated so much when people try to say that, oh, depression is a choice. And yes, there's some dumbasses who said that type of shit. I don't choose to be depressed. It's that there's certain circumstances that have happened in my life that make depression easier to see this. But I will say that over time, what's happened has been, even on those days when I can't get out of bed, and even on those days when it's so hard to just see through the fog, is 
this day is going to pass. It's going to pass. I know it hurts right now. I know it hurts. But you know what? Sometimes the best thing is just to stay still. And, and, and that's what I do sometimes. That's what I've done in those moments. And I haven't had those moments of just like needing to just be still and just to be in that one space battle until I felt better in a really long time. So that's what I think. I think that's a great question. Um, Am I missing anything that you wanted me to answer? I mean, more on that? Like, no, no, I, no, I no, just I mean, want to make sure. Like, no, it's, no, it's entirely. I know it's up, up to me, to you, but I'm saying, I, like, if there's more that you want to pry, go ahead. Like, ask. No, so no, I, 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 I want to get it all out. Yeah, I no, I, I, do, I, I do. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more question I do have. Um, is, um, I, I initially when we opened the segment, I was talking about from my perspective how it was having to be with the relationship. But from your perspective, how is it to be in a relationship, being the person with depression, clinical depression, having a partner? It's a lot of different mixed emotions. It's it's comforting, it's reassuring to have a partner and and that tries to be even if it's not in any way that you need. As I said, you know, that you are the type of person that you'll break the rules when I'm trying to oblige by a certain diet. And be like, you know what? I know that you really like chocolate and peanut butter. So if I get you this, will that make it better? What if I get you a pizza? What if I get you this? Like, like you'll try to get all of my favorites to help me feel better. And that makes me feel like I just won the lottery because it's like someone that really knows me and gets me. But it also makes me feel bad because it's like you've had to take something out of your day to try to do something special for me to make me feel just normal. Not even like it's my birthday or it, it, it's like, it's, it's not any special occasion. It's it's Tuesday, you're not feeling yourself. And I want you to feel better. And so it's, let me do all these things that's gonna make you feel better. Let me put on my favorite episode of Family Guy and just like, hey, LaRonda. Hey, LaRonda. <laughs> now I got four people on board, but I can't I can <laughs> Exactly. So it's like it's 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 that type of love that I'm very appreciative of, but it's also fear of being a burden. I never can't say that. I never want to be a burden to my best friend, to my husband, to my partner, to my my the person I spend the majority of my time with. And so it's I want I want you to understand what I'm feeling, but not feel like it's your responsibility to make me feel better. Even though I know that because you are my husband, naturally, you feel like Yeah, I mean, I just on that very last You know, I, I don't think expect anybody who actually cares about you to not 
care about you. Take it away. <laughs> Essentially, right? And not take it upon themselves to make you feel better in any way that they feel that they can. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see someone who really loves you would feel as though you're being but if you are, I mean, emotions are complicated, right? You can be right when this, that, or whatever, and you can still feel like you're being hurt. Um, but if these are people that really care about you, they won't see it, right? And if it helps you anyway, um, I don't want to say overcompensate well, but if if it helps you to balance, you can say, well, at least when I'm feeling myself, this is my contribution, right? So maybe my contribution versus the seldom times or the periodic times I'm feeling depressed, they balance each other. If not, my contribution to my relationship or whatever, the friendship or whatever. Um, outweighs anything that may be going on. And I'm only saying that if that makes the person with depression feel better. Um, but from my perspective, as somebody in a relationship with a person with depression, I don't feel that. So it's not a burden to me to try to make you feel better because quite often, nothing that I have to do except show that I care about you, right? And that's not a lot of work to do. And that should be something that you feel good about. Right. right? So. Any final words? Um, not to be cliche, but I think that it all just comes down to communication. That you've got to communicate to if, if it is a difficult time for you and you can't handle it, you've got to be able to say to your partner that, you know what, I'm not the best person to help you with this right now, but I want to help you get there. Yeah, and I, and I was just going to say that. So if, if you are in a situation and you feel as though you don't know how to, how to communicate what you're, what you're feeling, try to get the skills or the tools to do that. Or try to engage with people that might get what you're trying to say. If you feel as though you're not communicating how you're feeling well, or if you're not properly um, But I think the top line message of the moral of the story, so to speak, is you know, don't keep it internal. You know, let somebody know. Talk to people because. Um, Although in the cloud, you feel as though you're alone. But quite often, and quite often when you do reach out to people, um, they will kind of come back with something um, that is heartfelt and something that is intended to try to make you feel better. Right. Yeah, so if, unless you have something 
else to say. I think we can wrap up this segment. Um, I just want to say I love you. And you're not a burden. All right. And this time, I promise to get it right. So this was the His and His show. I'm Rob. I'm TJ. We'll see you next time. See you next time.